Hello everyone, we're back at the Education Institute with our second interviewee, Milton Sanchez from Santo Domingo Pueblo, who is a certified clinician, aka a counselor, and today he will be discussing the topics of mental illness that affect our indigenous youth, um, but also school counseling programs. But before we begin with Milton, we just wanted to say that we're currently recording in the hallway, so if you hear some background noises such as doors opening or people walking by, um, please just bear with us. So with that, Milton. I'm a newly licensed clinician. I'm trained in family counseling and um, I just got my master's in social work from Highlands University. I started working at Santa Fe Indian School back in 2013 as a recreation and prevention specialist for the middle school program. And I worked closely with the counselors and I thought that I could do more um, to support the students there at Santa Fe Indian School. So uh, I decided to change my major from philosophy where I was going to get my undergrad in at UNM to uh, social work at Highlands. And so um, I, I figured the social work program path was the best because um, I can be a clinician and provide counseling in many different uh, uh, modalities or different types of uh, roles or jobs, uh, especially with uh, Native American um, communities. So going back to your time at the Santa Fe Indian School, uh, can you tell us about a certain experience or moment um, where you really felt that the students there needed support and thus inspiring you to change your career path. At that time, Santa Fe Indian School was bringing counselors from an outside agency and they had just contracted with, a, with an agency to provide counseling to uh, the students at Santa Fe Indian School. And a lot of these counselors were um, non-native counselors and who had a hard time um, joining with our students and our students were resistant to the counseling process um, and my my view and what what I understood from others from students there at the Santa Fe Indian School was because they weren't they weren't uh, able to relate to them um, whether it was the color of their skin or because of uh, their tradition and culture and how they were brought up so I guess one question would be would you see yourself being a school-based clinician or would you rather perhaps go on to create your own uh, private practice? My, uh, my goal has always been to be a counselor at the Santa Fe Indian School, so I do plan to uh, continue and follow, up, follow through with that goal. However, I am working on a private practice. Um, I'm, I'm going to continue this next year with uh, advanced training in um, structural family therapy and family systems therapy, but eventually I plan to see clients out on, out, outside on my own. Um, hopefully I can get referrals from, um, from other Native American communities where uh, I can see them on a sliding fee scale where they don't have to use their insurance or they don't have to be bounded or guided by any rules or regulations that uh, Western type um, of like, like the medical model requires as, as far as Medicaid goes. Uh, so you said that you got your master's in social work at Highland University and that you're also a trained clinician. And so my question then is, during your time at school, um, what did you see, what did you learn from Western medicine that you felt was kind of outdated or didn't really apply to Native communities and Native students? Um, 
the program at Highlands really concentrates on working with Hispanic and uh, Native American populations, but the literature provided is um, uh, just scholarly articles that are um, more Plains Indian or other types of Native Americans that aren't uh, specific to Pueblos. And so as far as um, my understanding in working with um, Native American youth as well as being from Santa Domingo Pueblo, I see that um, there's a lot of uh, beliefs ar around uh, mental health that, um, let's take the DSM for example. The DSM has certain criteria in order for a diagnosis to be made and as far and with Native American populations, some of those uh, criteria may be met but doesn't necessarily mean that those adolescents or those Native American youth should be diagnosed with those certain types of diagnosis. Um, I'm spe speaking more specifically to like personality disorders or um, other types of um, diagnosis, diagnosis similar to that. Because uh, as far as um, Native American, okay, anxiety is a big one. Um, Native Americans um, can would be diagnosed um, with an anxiety disorder or generalizing anxiety disorder uh, based on their fear or their unknown of um, speaking with white counselors. My misdiagnose with certain things like that. So being that you are a social worker, um, how do you feel about the Indian Child Welfare Act? Do you think that it's adequate? Do you think that it should be updated? Uh, the Indian Child Welfare Act is beneficial to um, making sure that Native American children are kept with Native American families. Um, as far as adequacy, I believe it is the gold standard as far as how we treat our Native American children. And it can be used as a model to create education plans, to create other types of um, services um, in order to meet the needs of all Native American children, whether they're urban or on the reservation. Um, what Indian Child Welfare Act does is um, when children are removed from their home, it is the um, state's responsibility that they are to make sure to find out that whether or not they're a tribally enrolled member and if they are to contact that tribe and to um, allow them to respond or give jurisdiction of the case to make sure that um, Native American children stay with Native American families. And so um, this responsibility being put back on the tribe is important because um, the tribe knows what's best for their children and their youth. Um, so I know that you just got certified to be a clinician, but you mentioned kind of the contrast between urban natives and then, I guess, Pueblo natives or natives who live on the reservation. So I wanted to ask you, is there any way that they differ in terms of methods that should be used to, I guess, communicate? As far as differ, I, I think um, a lot of reasons why um, Native children or Native families leave the reservation is to get a better education for their, for their children. And so um, a lot of, in, in working with urban Natives, it's a lot of, um, I guess I, I would say the interventions would be, is to figure out how they can connect back to their tradition and culture, even if they are far away from home. So finding out resources or connecting them to with people who know about their culture and helping them um, continue on and thriving in, in that knowledge or that, that language. 
so we were talking about kind of how things are impacted on a federal level and then on a tribal level. Um, but I kind of wanted to go in and how you've experienced kind of the stigma against mental illness and ways that you hope help to kind of destigmatize mental illness within our communities. There's a lot of uh, Native American youth, adolescents, and families who have a hard time opening up and talking to other people because um, they were taught to believe that we don't tell other people our problems or we don't tell other people what we're going through. And so I think a lot of the stigma is around that. But also there's a lot of stigma when other youth see other people going to see counselors and saying like, oh, something's wrong with them. And so there's also that point of view, that's also the stigma. So one way I think I wanna remove the stigma is just by working with one individual at a time and telling them that it's okay for them to talk to somebody, whether it is a counselor or someone in their family or anybody that they can talk to because um, mental health or professionals are important. But what's even more important is the youth being heard and having them tell their story or having them seek out their own advice. And so I think an important part of mental health and behavioral health is uh, uh, the idea of natural helpers, of having, having other people their own age, being able to reach out to one another and um, also assist with like mental health first aid and um, those, those, type of, those types of things. So we talked a lot about um, the ways youth are impacted but you were trained as a family counselor, so could you talk a little bit about that? My passion and my work has always been with youth, adolescents, children, um, but I also really like working with their families because I think in order to address the issue of the symptom bearer, which is usually a child or a teen, um, is to work within the whole system or relationship of the family. Um, sometimes a, a lot of the work I've noticed is between couples and couples therapy because they say one of their children is going through a problem or something when you come to find out that it's really the relationship between the mom and the dad. Well, that was very interesting, Milton. So thank you for your time and allowing us to interview you today. And I think that's all we have time for today for our mini episode. So remember to follow, like, and share us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Um, look out for another episode tomorrow. Though, so until then, this has been the IED Interns. Bye.